sounds good right now after what we just experienced, doesn't it? Grilling out, lawns being mowed, and pools opening. These are some of the things we expect with summer. <laughs> Welcome to the Matt Lee White Podcast Experience. A podcast that inspires its listeners to pursue their ambitions. As you can probably tell, my name is Matt Lee White. And I'm an arts manager and journalist. Brought to you every single weekday, I talk about travel tips and how you can make an impact within your industry. If you have any questions, all my info is in the description of this episode. I hope you enjoy the show. So, first of all, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it so much. Obviously, we've been talking a year now-ish, and so yeah. to actually have this sort of long-form conversation, I mean, we've already had some over the phone, of course, but yeah. to actually have this long-form conversation publicly is suddenly very interesting. It's suddenly great. I agree. Thank you for having me on here. It's been a very interesting year getting to see you and all of your projects. And it's been really awesome to kind of watch how it's yeah. evolved in such a short time. Totally. I mean, got to work hard, eh? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to brag too much. Like, I'm going to let you, <laughs> I'm gonna let you talk properly soon, obviously. But, like, it's certainly amazing accomplishing all this at such a young age. And to be able to think, right, if I'm accomplishing this at 19, what will I be accomplishing at 32? Um, yeah. Totally. You don't, it's not every day that you see people, especially at the age like that you're at. Mm, when I mm. met you, you were 18 yeah. and you were already doing more marketing things than I was even aware of you could be doing. <laughs> and <laughs> it's really cool to kind of just see how. Um, technology has evolved and it's therefore mm. kind of had this impact on these younger generations yeah. that come up um, just more concentrated on technology and kind of figuring things out for themselves and so you have people totally. like you now that are crazy good at marketing at the age of 18 when uh, you know 20 20 years ago or less um, kids wouldn't have known that just because they would have just been in high school and they're going to college to mm. figure that out mm. but I feel like technology's kind of given people a way of figuring themselves out and figuring out what they want to do a little bit yeah, earlier. Yeah, of course, totally. I mean, if this was 20 years ago, I don't know what the hell I'd be doing. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, right now, I just spend so much time working on my music project, now launching my personal brand properly, uh, because for so long, I've just pontificated and been preaching that I can do stuff. And now I'm literally just proving to the world that I can. So the next few months will definitely be interesting. So do you want to just, that's a bit about me, obviously, but just say a little bit about you. Uh, yeah, so I have, well, I went to school for biology and chemistry. I graduated back in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, I essentially, my whole life loved music, but never really thought that it was something that I could do. So I yeah. followed that traditional route of, oh, I'm going to be a doctor. And then after school, I realized I hated it. So I told myself that I had until I was 25 to pursue the thing that I really wanted to do. And that was music. Yeah. And so, you know, from there, I just started trying to figure it out. And a way a lot of people do that is they just start writing for a blog. And so I Mm -hmm. started writing and started meeting more people in the music industry and 
doing all the Facebook stalking that you have to do and just kind of figuring out people that were either managers or agents or How good other were you at the stalking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, so that stalking eventually kind of led to uh, PR because yeah. I was already writing and I was meeting people and just kind of like growing the network essentially. And so I started just doing PR for the artists that I was managing at the time thorough. Yeah. And then I just, you know, kind of just snowballed from there, um, kind of started working with more people. And then I started working with David Kent projects for a little while. Mm -hmm. And so they do people like Shalou and, um, I think Louis Futon now. Shout out to really David cool Kim. He was my first guest on this, actually. Yes, he's one of the greatest people I've ever met. Um, one of the nicest, heart of gold, um, treats you like family. Mm. Loved working with him. But eventually I ended up figuring out that PR was not where my heart was. Um, it's really hard work and it just wasn't for me. And so I kind of realized that I liked marketing more and I, yeah. I liked more creative aspects and I liked being able to put some, some numbers and kind of testing things with ads and kind of yeah. like a big experiment, you know, it, it feels more experimental, um, which I enjoyed from the science background. So it was kind of a cool transition. And so now I'm just been more into like, you know, social media and mm. marketing and doing just artist management and, Helping my guys, which I also do bronze whale now. I picked them up in December. Um, awesome so guys. yeah, just yeah. kind of working on just the overall manager thing, which is essentially jack of all trades. You're doing everything, especially when your guys are on the smaller mm, level. Mm. Totally. I mean, that's pretty insane. Uh, bronze whale, they've definitely done pretty well. They've got several million streams. Uh, Thoreau, from what I know, he's also got a similar number. Obviously, his God's Plan remix cover, whatever you want to call it, did yeah. phenomenally. <laughs> um, so, like, how did those covers actually come about? Like, was it just, like, a passion for the song or what? Um, so, we've done a couple with the Thoreau project. Essentially, what you want to do, like, you know, a lot of artists, when they come up, they either want to remix artists that are really good to kind of get that exposure from their fan base, or you can do cover songs, which essentially just gets that artist yeah. fan base aware of you, right? So mm. we did the Drake cover because Thoreau's voice was kind of similar to it. The style was where we wanted to go. We knew that, like, he wanted to do more singing and hip hop. So, yeah. um, you know, he was doing electronic for a while, and then God's Plan came out. And as soon as we heard it, I was just like, that song is going to be super popular. You have to cover it. You have to remix it because um, we can essentially get like a fan base. And we were transitioning to hip hop. And I figured that would be a good way to kind of bring it all together. Totally. And so he sang the song, did all the production and everything within like three days, I think. And then got it mixed mastered and we put it out a week and a half after God's Plan song came out. Mm. And so, you know, just by getting it out so fast, we were one of the first ones. So we got a lot of YouTube uploads. Yeah. Matt McGuire, which is the Chainsmokers drummer, actually ended up doing like an original drum cover to it and putting it up on his I YouTube. I saw that. Cool. I saw that. <laughs> so it was just kind of identifying a song that was going to be popular, kind of like how all the closer covers came out when the Chainsmokers mm. did it and just kind of building exposure on a similar audience to build the fan base. That's great. I mean, Therese, he's a pretty talented guy. He's released quite a few new songs recently, actually. Um, I know you had All You Never Had, and then there was also a more recent one, I believe. 
Yeah, so we actually just released our full EP for Thoreau. Um, It was called A Reflections EP. It had five songs on it. And that was his debut EP. Mm -hmm. And it was also our first step into hip hop completely, um, which was really cool. And it's been really cool to see the project grow. Yeah. And to kind of just see the outreach from it. Because before with the electronic music, you know, like people were like, oh, it's cool. And then as soon as he started doing this hip hop singing and songwriting, we're now getting those people that reach out and they're like, hey, you know, your music actually helped me through this hard time or this means a lot to me Mm, or mm. this is so relatable. And it's been really rewarding to kind of get those people that are connecting to it like that now. Definitely. That's the thing about music, though. I think so many artists, especially within the electronic music industry, they're so fixated on numbers, uh, streams, money that they don't actually focus on the important thing, which is the art. It's how it makes somebody feel. Um, and if you're able to change even like one person's life with your music career, that's just even phenomenal. Um, I just think so many people take it all for granted, which shouldn't really be done. It, it's true. And, you know, those people at the end of the day are the people that aren't going to succeed long term mm. because they have their, you know, they're not building a brand based on yeah. like relating to their audience. They're building a brand based on what they think is going to be popular and what's mm. going to make them money, you know, and it works, you know, for a certain amount of time, for a certain amount of money, yeah. but eventually that will fall through. Totally. Totally. I mean, you get a lot of people which try to stick with the old ways for example, they don't want to progress into new things. I see a lot of people, especially within like trans, dubstep, those kind of genres, still trying to invest thousands of dollars into SoundCloud promo. When they're, although, okay, sure, you will get some play still. I'm not saying you won't, but there are so much better ways to invest your money. It's ridiculous. A hundred percent. I think that the SoundCloud repost game is honestly dead and Mm -hmm. like while it does you know it's exposure it's exposure yes i can you can argue that all day but you know how could that hundred dollars have benefited you had you put it into like a really well retargeted facebook ad how many more legitimate i'm telling you now you can get easily ten thousand with a hundred (laughs) dollars i am telling you exactly so while soundcloud can inflate these numbers say you get a hundred thousand quote unquote plays how does that actually convert to to what you're trying to get to Exactly. And a lot of the times it's not anymore. Exactly. Like a lot of people, they get repost chains set up and it's like, well, does the person on the other end actually care about your song or are you just shoving it down their throat? And I think that's something people have to pay attention to because I see so many people who say, oh my God, I got a repost from the chain smokers. And okay, sure, that in essence is cool, but does the Chainsmokers fan base actually give a shit about your song or not? That's what people have got to pay attention to when those kind of things happen. Otherwise, what's the point? Right. Had that had this been, you know, three years ago and the Chainsmokers reposted you, that would have been a big thing. That would blown you up almost. You didn't have these streaming platforms like set like you do now, like you mm, know, Spotify mm. and Apple Music and mm. Amazon and all of, you know, YouTube and all of these things and people are making money off of them now. And so people are kind of, I think, trying to steer away from SoundCloud just because it is this more free platform. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think 
a lot of people become, as I said, fixated on the past. They don't want to let go. But once they let go, I've noticed that their career has just grown and grown and grown very, very quickly, like a snowball, because they realise all the amazing opportunities out there. For example, Spotify playlisting, um, Apple Music, Deezer, Influencers, Facebook ads, all of the amazing opportunities out there right now, which are proven to be successful. I think the only variable is how good is your music and how much are you willing to market it to the right audience? Right. And how much, yeah, how, how many resources do you have to do exactly. what you're trying to do here too? And it, it, it does, it's like a give and take. It's like you could have not the best music, but you could have really good content, be really good at your marketing and have a good amount of money and do fairly well. Or you could have the best money, but have the worst content mm, or, mm. or the best, the best music and have the worst content. And mm. then just, you know, it doesn't, doesn't, um, translate. So these days you have to really be this full package mm. and almost, you know, I feel like people aren't just buying into like music anymore. They're buying into artists and their brands. Like, you have, you had Getter that blew up so fast because he was this YouTube personality and he was this, oh, just, yeah. or not was, but he is, you know, he, he's like this guy that you feel like, you know, and you mm. hear his music and you're like, Oh, it's funny. So I, I like get it. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. Um, I guess that can be a blessing or a curse to some artists if you don't want to keep identifying with this or that, but it's also a huge factor in what people are looking for. They want to relate to you and what to totally, what you're totally. showing them and feel like they know you. Totally. I think as I very quickly interrupted, Marshmallow is a great example of that. Um, he's Him and his team have just done an incredible job building the brand I remember listening to a podcast actually pretty recently in which Mo Shalizi, his manager, was talking about actually how they started the brand and they wanted something which people from all over the world could identify with and just basically the uplifting music and that seemed to resonate with people to the point that one of his tracks gained a billion YouTube plays, they gained about a million dollars in revenue from AdSense or something ridiculous. Um... And yeah, things like that. Obviously, you see him on Instagram riding a bicycle or cooking on Facebook or cooking dishes from around the world. Yeah, It's incredible how much of a personality they have given to someone that can't show any facial expressions mm, mm. or doesn't even really talk in real life or anything. But they've created very much just, you know, a character around him. Of course. And that's what people have kind of just like held on to. And I think they've also done a really good job of targeting the kids. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, Marshmallow's music is clean, so you can have kids that are... I have two little cousins, and, you know, they're tiny, and they sing Marshmallow songs all the way through, and then my aunt was like, yeah, we're going to a Marshmallow concert with our kids. <laughs> and it's just, it's hilarious to see that, but, you know, as music can be enjoyable for adults, can mm. be enjoyable for families, kids, it's, you know, it's not defined by a certain age group like of some course, other of things course. might be. Of course, I totally agree with you. I mean, you do have these amazing examples of great, great brands like Marshmallow, Dylan Francis, as you say, Jello, and a couple of others. But on the contrary, there's a lot of uh, music producers up and coming who have a lot of trouble building a brand for themselves. Um, How would you suggest that they overcome this almost writer's block of how to improve 
get, make their brand better, essentially? To make their brand better? Um, I think the problem maybe with some people's brands is that they're not keeping them, you know, similar to who they are. Mm. And that's, that needs was to be the more case. authentic. Yeah, so that was the case with Thoreau. He went through, like, three name changes. He was Dallas Mafia, then Summitscape, and they were both duos. And then finally he went to Thoreau. And, and, you know, the other two were kind of just this fake hype front that they thought people wanted to see in an artist, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they it wasn't necessarily true to who they were. They're not these – or he was not this, like, partier that's going out, and it's not this crazy lifestyle. It's yeah. more of this – Thoreau approach to lifestyle, which is simplicity and nature and, you know, just kind of like being by yourself, solitude, all these different things. Mm. And that, that really started to connect with not only him as an artist, but like him with his audience, because they could tell that, Hey, okay, now this name that he has chosen and this brand also reflects the music that he's making. It is very like aware, mindful. And then then like once you start having everything be cohesive to where you're like, okay, now my Instagram looks the same as my Facebook looks the same as this. And we have some good content going on. So say you just, you know, video content at the end of the day is, is king. People want to see that kind of stuff. So making sure you are producing high quality video content or at least any kind of video content so people can relate to you. And then, you know, going through like what I do is you, I go through other artists that are similar to mine and I identify what they're doing well or not well on their social medias and what I like and don't like mm. and kind of compile that all together and, and make it your own, you know. So totally. so kind of look at the general population of people that are close to you and and like you on a small scale and also a large scale. Mm. I find that using smaller artists is better just because it's more realistic. A bigger artist can post a picture of like their ankle and they're going to get a million likes for no reason. But someone that's more, I'm pretty sure Kanye would do that. Exactly. Cause he would just be like, because I can, and people would be like, we love it. You can't do anything wrong. Yeah. But if you do that and you're only at 50,000 people, people are going to be like, why, why'd you do that? Mm, it's not mm. the same. It's not the same playing field. So identifying people that are coming up in that same sound that you are, um, yeah. and kind of seeing what they're doing. Um, and just kind of, you know, making it your own, making sure you're staying true to yourself and, you know, do your homework, do your research. If you don't think yours is working out, find people's that are and start, yeah. start looking at what they're doing that you're not. Exactly. I think a lot of people spend their time criticizing, other people for not making their dreams come true uh for example i see a lot of producers who go and blame the spotify creators because their songs aren't getting played or whatever but essentially if their music isn't good enough if they're not pitching to the right people like similar artists to them are if they're not generating the right connections or posting the right social media content to resonate with the fan base Nothing's going to happen at the end of the day. If it's your music career, chances are it's down to you to be successful. Of course, you have management to help guide you, booking agents to get you bookings, but it is your career and it's all based around you. So I definitely think if you're able to build a successful brand, it will just help you so much in the long term and the short term even. Definitely. And, you know, doing being able to be successful is also your connections and who you know. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a little bit of everything. So you can't just be an artist out there that thinks if I make the best music, people are going to find me. Yeah, Yeah, people are going to find me. It's there are so many people making music these days. You know, I think it's like 
there's probably like 50,000 songs to get uploaded in a day or something crazy like that. I'm not sure about that. I wouldn't be surprised if it's small. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's just one of those things. It's like, you have to stand out in a different way these days. And with the increase in technology, you have to be more than just a song. You have Mm. to be a person, Mm. a personality, Mm. a brand to really end up being these people that are the top 40 artists. You know, they're not just music. They are, you know, this whole thing that people want to follow, like the Kardashians. You know? exactly. They don't necessarily have this talent, but they are entertaining and people like that and people want to live that lifestyle. Mm. And so people follow them for that. Totally. That's actually a really good example. Um, that was one of the first sort of reality TV shows, I guess you could call it, in which people were just following a family and they became the Kardashians to a really famous level and it was just incredible um I think documenting your life in such a way is a really good way to get yourself known because it just provides a little bit of authenticity like Mm -hmm. instead of using social media as a way to front instead of using it to shove music down your fans throat use it to be authentic I think is actually quite a good idea use it as like a reality tv show by uploading daily vlogs weekly vlogs whatever just what you're up to in your daily life whether it's going for pizza or whatever just to show your fans that you're a real person and not this untouchable god right the more approachable you can make yourself to people and the Mm. more they feel like they relate to you the more your brand's gonna sell so I mean if you're posting pictures of you getting crazy drunk every night and that's like the kind of audience you're going to draw into Mm -hmm. and if that's not the kind of person you are then you're going to find yourself in a really sad situation and so you kind of just have to make sure that what you're putting out there is what you want to be attracted to you and you know building from really what you want to see in the end result of your artistry i totally agree honestly it's incredible just seeing why I don't know why people don't just be authentic to themselves I guess they just want to prove to people that they can do something and so they end up getting tangled up in it but at the end of the day it's probably a lot easier to copy what someone else is doing successfully Mm, than mm. to just feel confident enough in what you think you're doing you know so I think you just have to really you know ignore all the stuff in your head that's telling you like what you're doing isn't good enough or whatever. And cause at the end of the day, no one that's legendary was like copying what someone else was doing. You know, it's mm. always someone that created this new lane and that's how they got to be where they are or, you know, to yeah. the status that they achieved. 100%. I mean, yeah, you just gotta focus on you and be authentic to yourself. And if you have the right connections, if you have the right talent, success will probably come eventually if you're patient enough. But yeah, exactly. like, obviously, we talked briefly about your management. What would you say is the proudest moment of your career so far? Obviously, you've accomplished quite a lot. Um, you know, honestly, I feel like, oh, gosh, that's a hard question. <laughs> there's, there's so many things. Honestly, at the end of the day, I'm like most proud of myself for like sticking to what I always wanted to do and for giving myself the opportunity to pursue music. Yes. And to just be at the point now where I have friends or someone that reaches out to me say like, you know, I, I bronze whale had their song patterns and it did great. And like, mm-hmm. I had people mm-hmm. sending me pictures of their music, like on the radio and just having people acknowledge this, this thing that they would have previously told me, 
you're crazy. Like, you know, so many people try this and now I have people being like, you're doing a really great job. Like you should keep going to kind of just see the attitudes shift between Mm -hmm. interactions with people that I used to have versus now and kind of seeing, you know, an outsider's perspective is honestly something that I'd say is like a really good feeling, you know, because it's so easy in this industry to feel like what you're doing is not good enough. Like it's not enough. Like, yeah. you know, you see all these other people that are coming up so fast or doing They're this or got this huge thing. Yeah. And you just feel like, why is it not me? And so, you know, for me, there's, there's been lots of like good things, but there's never one thing that blows you up. So for me, it's just been, um, like, just seeing how things are starting to come together and it's been a couple mm-hmm. of years, but it, you know, it's not there yet. And I don't know if it'll ever be fully there. Cause you always want to be chasing your, like Matthew McConaughey said, like your version of yourself in three years, you know, you always yeah. want to be chasing the future you. But, um, I think like the, the best moment is just having these people, uh, acknowledging the fact that like, Hey, you guys are doing a good job. You should keep doing it. People are buying into it. You know, you got this. Totally. I mean, when I was in high school, like throughout those five, six, seven years, even people were very doubtful of my career that I'd actually go on to do anything. But over the past few months, over the past year or so, everybody's attitude has changed, like everybody's. And I just used that negative energy is just like motivation and I get a lot of messages from people almost every day just saying oh my god I can't believe you're actually doing this I'm so proud of you you didn't listen to what people said and you just went all in and I think people should just stop listening to others and stop listening to other people's opinions because at the end of the day if you're doing something that you want to do if you're doing something that you love every single day then surely that makes you successful a hundred percent. And, you know, if you just, just give yourself the opportunity to mm. try whatever you want to do, you mm. know what I mean? Like y- your twenties, they're meant for you to explore and figure yourself out. You know, yeah. no one, like not many people have it figured out for the age of 20, unless you're Matt Lillywhite, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like just, just afford yourself the chance to live the life you want to live, you know? And, and so I gave myself until I'm 25, which is in another like eight months and on my scale of making it, you know, like I, I've made it by my definition, Mm, you know? mm. So it's, it's enough for me by 25 to say, this is a viable career career option. I'm going to keep pursuing it. And so, you know, you don't get anything easily it's not just going to happen overnight but if you really believe in yourself and it's something you want to do then you're going to make it work and the internet is your friend you can honestly google anything these days and just like figure it out exactly like there's so many people who pay thousands of dollars to mastermind courses and crap like that saying um like how do i do this how do i do that when quite honestly instead of paying a thousand bucks you can just google the answer and you'll find it um yeah i totally agree with you so and the more you just meet people the more you have like a network of mm, friends mm. helping friends you know and that's also been very very helpful exactly that's one of the reasons i actually went to north america um previously i had only been to orlando before that trip so going actually around 13 states, three provinces was incredible. 
But the reason I went was literally just to network with people, to have the opportunity to meet these people in New York, LA, Miami, wherever. Um, and it's the best decision I ever made because my life has changed because of it. It's crazy how meeting someone can really just like change a whole relationship, honestly, you know, like it's, it's one thing to be friends online and, but as soon as you put a face to like the online version, it's, it's crazy how much you can just feel like you already know each other totally. and just be friends on the next level, the real level. <laughs> it feels, um, not romantically, obviously, but it feels a lot more intimate, I guess, that you're able to have this connection in person to be able to talk to people to be able to just sort of walk around the city with them or just chill out with beers or whatever I know um right but yeah it's I prefer it so much more like I would happily fly to LA right now and meet people instead of just taking a Skype call like you don't have that connection over a computer I feel right you definitely don't exactly so what would you say has been your biggest challenge coming up in the music industry obviously you've faced uh the management of the row bronzewell you've done stuff with david kim but what would you say is the most difficult thing that you've had to overcome the most difficult thing i've had to overcome um let's hold on give me give me a second that's to think no, about problem. This. <laughs> no problem no problem I mean, I think the most difficult thing to overcome, I guess, for like a manager is that there there is no right answer at the end of the day. There's mm. not a guidebook for the music industry. There's there's nothing that says if you do this, you're going to get this. So it's it's at the end of the day, you know, just one big experiment and you're kind of throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks and putting yourself out there and being vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. And, it's hard to some days, you know, feel motivated when you're just like, I don't really understand what it is I can even be doing right now. Mm. And so, mm. you know, it's just been able to kind of grow through that and to, to, you know, figure out options, be creative, like figure out what the next thing is. Don't just be stuck in your old ways. Like you said, try and be looking at these new trends and be analyzing what's going on around you and, um, you know, and just be, be putting yourself out there every day and always just, you can always ask someone for something, you know what I mean? The worst thing they can say is no. Yeah. So just kind of teaching yourself, um, don't be afraid to ask for things. Um, just kind of, I guess a huge challenge is just being able to reassure yourself that what you're doing is going to pay off at the end. Um, just keeping your head up and realizing that like, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And the beginning might be hard, but it should pay off in the end. Wow, that's pretty incredible. Um, so yeah, like Thoreau, Bronzewell, obviously you've done PR, stuff like that. You've done quite a lot within the, what, five years you've been in the industry? However long it's been. Um, like, What would you want to accomplish within the next five or ten years? In the next five or 10 years, I would love to just, you know, build a team around me, have people that are other yeah. managers, other artists, uh, maybe sort start some sort of collective. I think something that is missing in like traditional independent music yeah, is 100%. we don't have this like teamwork aspect of artists, you know, labels have rosters, so they can kind of build off these rosters. Independent people don't have these just like, 
you know, you could be your own influencer marketers within your own specific genre if you supported each other and mm, believed mm. in each other's music. You know, you could be building together. And so maybe starting something like that where we have artists that work collectively together. Um, and then, you know, just have have the artists that I have right now be at the point where they don't have day jobs and they are mm. living out their dreams and they're touring the world and millions of people are hearing their music and loving it and relating to it and then hopefully being able to pick up more people like that that were at yeah. a smaller level and being able to keep just bringing up music and yeah just growing honestly you know making myself a better marketer making myself a better manager um consistently learning as much as I can and cool. hopefully you know traveling the world and making music and doing all the fun stuff definitely that's an incredible thing to have um it's an incredible dream to have, I guess, like an, an ambition, something to look forward to, to strive for. Um, but success is not always easy. A lot of people think that people just come up overnight or within a couple of days, but that's often not the case. Like DJ Khaled, people thought that he was an overnight success when really it was 10 years in the making. So Right. It just takes that, it takes that, moment you know yeah i think jake jake Goodell calls it a moonshot mm. moment it's like one thing that can set a bunch of other Jake's things a great in motion mm. so it's um yeah it's just one of those things man and, and that was something i learned early in the game too is you, you have one thing that comes up you're like oh we're gonna make it this is it and there's never this one thing that really truly pushes you over it's the combination of a lot of little things and a lot of hard work that eventually ends up being you know what you always hoped it being Exactly. I mean, if you just strive for a little bit better every single release or every single day, whatever, then eventually you're just going to end up being successful no matter what, because every single time you're just doing better, you're doing a lot more quality, the quality of your content is improving, and so more people are wanting to actually engage with it. I just think that no matter what your goals are, no matter what your dreams are, like even if you're not in the music industry, if every day you're just constantly striving for greatness, striving to be a little bit of a better person every single day, you can achieve pretty much anything you want. Um, I totally agree with that. Totally. So I know a lot of people have this theory of that you're the average person of the five you hang around with most or something similar to that. What are your thoughts on that, like being surrounded by like-minded people? Sorry, say that one more time. What are your thoughts on being surrounded by like-minded people? What are my thoughts on being surrounded? I think that being surrounded by like-minded people is can be something that takes you to the next level because mm. when you're around people that are striving for the same things you're striving for, they're ultimately looking at the same things that you're looking for, yeah. uh, looking at, you know, and they have different perspectives and they have different resources and connections. And so at the end of the day, you know, working with like-minded people is great. And I find sometimes, you know, I live in Colorado, so there's not <laughs> just crazy music people everywhere. So sometimes I find like I'm with people and they have no idea what I'm talking about. I say yeah. it and it goes over their head or I talk about something like that. So it's definitely nice to have those like-minded people that you can just bounce ideas off of and they actually understand what you're mm, talking mm, about mm. and can add into the conversation. And, you know, I, I find that I learned lots of things by uh, having those kinds of people around me. Totally. I totally agree with you. Um, 
So, being surrounded by like-minded people is great, but it takes up a lot of time to build that network. What are your thoughts on college for people in the music industry? Do you think that they should go and study I don't know, business or the music industry side of things, or should they just focus on what they want to do? I personally think that you do not need college to be successful. Mm -hmm. I think that, I I mean, coming from myself, I did biology and chemistry, and now I work in the music industry, so I officially don't use anything I've learned (laughs) in college. Um, The thing that college was beneficial for, for me, was buying me more time to figure myself out. Yeah. And so that I did appreciate, because it's kind of this buffer time um, with society from high school to career place where people don't expect necessarily that much from you. Mm. And then, you know, once you graduate, people are like, oh, right, well, like where's a your Phoenix. job? And where's your like boyfriend? And like, you know, where's, you know, why aren't you, you know, you should be thinking about like family and career and all that stuff now. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I honestly think that college is for people that don't quite know what they want to do yet or for the sciences, the STEM stuff, the science and technology and engineering. Oh, yeah, and of course. Like, if you want to be a doctor, um, then it's great, I guess. Right. But as far as music goes, like, if you know you want to be doing music and you are debating whether or not you should put this $20,000 into college or $20,000 into your music. If you have that much money to spend and you're, you're like passionate about music, I would honestly say spend it on your music and find people around you that are going to help you spend it wisely. Um, and you know, if you want to be in the business side of music, yeah, you can go to business school or whatever, or like, you know, I didn't learn music in school. I just started networking myself. I started, hitting up random people in the music industry that would give me little tips and tricks. And then Mm. I would meet more people and I would go to shows. And, you know, if you can build a network of people around you, and like I said, the internet is your friend, you do not have to go to school to be able to do these things. Totally. And so, like, I mean, you didn't go to college. Fuck no. No, yeah, you're like 18, you know, so. 19. Exactly. Yeah. There you go, 19. (laughs) But case case in point, you know, you can identify what you want to do. And you yeah. can start on it. And instead of spending four years of learning general knowledge on basic subjects, if you can instead identify what you want to do and specifically study that for the same amount of time you put into college and then put that budget you had for college into mm. your passion and your craft, you would see an exponential difference in, you know, where you were in that amount of time versus where you were in college. Because even after you're done with college, they want experience. And so you start at the bottom. Totally. I totally agree with that. Um, so right now I want to go real practical because I absolutely love that kind of shit. Um, <laughs> so we talked about obviously music producers coming up and deciding whether they should invest their money into college or whether they should invest it into their career. One thing which I think everybody should be doing is being on LinkedIn. Um, now the reason being is because you can literally search people who work at Sony Music, you can add up all the A&Rs, literally message them, just create a normal conversation, don't spam them with your music, and something that you can do is literally they'll just naturally see who you are, and if your music is actually as good as you say it is, chances are you'll end up getting signed to a major record label or your favorite record label very, very quickly because you're building those relationships with people. Likewise, with like booking agencies and things like that, if you're just able to get yourself with relationships with the right people, 
You're going to go far, and LinkedIn is a professional platform that can allow you to do that so easily. I mean, the results I've had are phenomenal. I agree, and LinkedIn is one of the only social platforms that I think is like generally accepted by people to be hit up on. Um, yeah. I don't think, you know, like going through the DMs or like a Facebook, it's not typically the way you should do it. And especially if you come off on your first message being like, hi, this is what I want from you, like, listen to this bye. You know, people aren't going to buy I believe people straight away when they do that. Exactly. So you have to realize that there's this give and take, um, you know, as humans, like we want to have this conversation. No one wants to feel like they're being taken advantage of. So if you can just form real conversations with people for like, you know, a couple of weeks and, mm. and get to know them and just not really say anything that you want from them or just, you know, compliment them on something you see they've done um, and just try and connect, like, you know, be a human. Yeah. Don't, don't just nothing, you know, they worked hard to get where they are. Like they don't want to just be giving you out random things for free. Cause if they did that, there'd be hundreds of thousands of people hitting them up all the time. Exactly. So, exactly. you know, just, just be a human, talk to people. Don't ever ask for anything up the bat. Like patience is key. If you're in a pinch and you're like emailing a bunch of people, just trying to get them to do something for you, they're not going to. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you can just establish and not everybody's going to get back to you. But you, you never just know. Accept like, it. Yeah. You never know. Like you never know who's gonna get back to you. So and the worst thing they can say is no, but at the same time, you know, don't don't just ask for something from someone off the bat. Exactly. Like one thing that I started doing recently was literally just looking up the twenty biggest companies that I'd like to work with with like brand partnerships or movie partnerships or whatever for example getting my artist featured in big big movies i just literally started talking to their ceos their marketing officers and things like that and literally you can just search marketing officer of pepsi or whatever and because of that kind of thing the types of relationships i have now with some of the biggest ceos in the world is ridiculous like, if you told me a year ago I'd be talking to these people, I would have laughed you out the room. Um, <laughs> it's crazy on so many levels, but there's the actual opportunity to be able to do it. Like, even if you're starting your career right now, you can go and do it and you can actually make a name for yourself. There's so much opportunity. The only variable is if you're willing to put in the work or not. It's true. It's very true. And, that, you know, it takes a lot of work, but... If it's what you want at the mm. end of the day, then you're going to be working towards something to build a career. It might as well be what you really want it to be. Exactly. Um, so what are your thoughts on monetizing like your personal brand? Do you think that you should be putting out like merch, doing brand deals as an artist? Or do you think that you should be constantly staying true to yourself? Like, Where do you stand on that? Um, I think you should kind of just like assess each situation by itself. And, uh, you know, if you're, say it was Thoreau and some crazy party brand came around, they're like, we want to do this. I don't know. I'd be like, no, that probably doesn't fit. But someone comes around that like identifies with more with the brand and they're willing to do something with us. Then yeah, of course. Um, Mm. I think merch is important but i think if you don't have that big of a budget then spending your money on merch is not necessarily worth it i'd say maybe invest in some stickers something like small that's cheap but you can still hand it out um you know and just kind of like identifying the times when you should have merch Mm. or that when you have the right audience or enough of an engaged audience because you don't want to be ordering you know 200 shirts 
and then you sell three and then you're out on the rest of the shirts and there's nothing you can do with them. At least you'll so, have an extra supply for the winter though. Yeah. <laughs> Just make them into big blankets or Thank something. You but you know, I mean, brand <laughs> deals can be really cool. And if you're, if you're, if you really like brands, then like you said, Matt, be researching people on LinkedIn or you can go on Facebook and I wouldn't say like add them here, but you can still find people. You can mm. say, type in the search bar, people who work at X and it will bring up names. Then you can go through and try and find an email or a LinkedIn. And there's a website that's called hunter.io. And if you go on, (laughs) yeah, I have like the little app on my computer. So whenever I go to a website and I'm like, Oh, I wonder who, if there's emails tied to this, I can click the little app and it'll show me all of the like emails it can find for it. So there's multiple ways of gathering information and I think brand deals can be great, especially if they relate to the brand and the brand's willing to like, you know, work with you and give you some money. Yeah. Um, the money but always I would helps. Just, yeah. And I would, I would just make sure that it's like close enough to the brand. And at the end of the day, you want it to be something that like you personally want to be wearing and rocking because that's kind of how that goes. It's a partnership. I totally agree. Like, I think that any brand de- deal for my artist or any other artist should probably be authentic, not just because of the brand, but because of the fans more than anything. Like, they don't want to see you as a sellout just taking a couple thousand dollars in the short term just to work with a brand. Like, it's not worth it when you can make millions in the long. And and people don't like to see that, like, someone is bought out by a company either, you know? Like, if an artist were to just start posting, like, diet pills on their page, you'd be like... Okay, that's weird. You know, why would you, (laughs) you don't want to, you don't want it to be something that's weird that could ultimately kind of hurt your fan base or something that it doesn't make sense. Mm. I totally agree with you. Um, So what do you think are some great ways in which an artist can grow in the modern 2018-2019 world? It's a good question. I would say that marketing is probably one of your biggest tools and good content in the 2018-2019 world. Um, Mm. There's just so many people out there that are putting out content that is pretty good. You know what I mean? So yeah, of course. You have to, you know, you can't just put something out there and it instantly goes viral anymore. I mean, you can. It's very. It's like you know, on the smaller scale, but it's got to be good content and you have to be marketing it to the right people. Mm, So you mm. you need to like identify your audience with, with the thousands and thousands of people you have around here, you know, they, they don't all think the same. So the more you can really identify who it is you're targeting and like that, what that looks like, um, I think you'll have better results in this day and age for sure. So whether that's, you know, Facebook ads or Snapchat ads or, doing Instagram or like, you know, giveaways or things that make people Mm. share your page or influencer marketing or anything that gets people driven to your page or people tagging your page or gets just engagement with your different social like pages. Of course, of course. Um, Yeah, I totally agree with you. One thing, I mean, you know, the stuff I get up to now, so it's just like out of the box, (laughs) I guess. But one thing I've noticed is that just so many artists are focusing on trying to build themselves to be the next big thing in the US or the UK or Australia, when there are also other emerging markets around the world, which they may be more successful in. And then if they become successful in them, they can then leverage it to be more successful in their home territories. I just Very think... True. 
like for example, you be- could become the biggest person, random country, in the Philippines. Um, sell out every single show, every single time there, get number one on Spotify, every single release. And you can use that as leverage to collaborate with some of the biggest names in the US or like BTS or like big, big names within Asia. There's just so many opportunities to grow yourself as an artist that you shouldn't just be confined to where you are physically. I think that's just definitely something really important that people just aren't taking note of. I totally agree with that, especially I'd say in like the electronic space, just because that is starting to, you know, get even crazier over Mm -hmm. in the Asian countries, you know, and you don't, not all electronic music necessarily has words in it. So that could be something that bridges across different countries relatively easily. Yeah. And you just would never know because you're not paying attention to anywhere else, but the, you know, general, like, North America, like, Canada, mm. Europe, European countries. Totally. I mean, when me and Anecdote started doing stuff in South Korea, we were extremely surprised to see the reaction there of how much people love electronic music. Um, okay, granted, you've got Ultra and a couple of big festivals around that area, like, I know that. But, like, the general reaction, anecdote was there a couple of weeks ago over in Seoul, I believe, yeah. Mm -hmm. And people just love it, and he was surprised, and I was as well, just to see that electronic music, it doesn't, it's not bound to a language, it's not bound to a country, it's more of a feeling, it's more of an emotion of a way you can connect with people. Right, I feel like it's just almost like a culture, you know, it's like, Mm. like, you kind of just go... And you forget about everything else. And it's this big festival and it's all these lights. And it's just this whole, you know, experience kind of thing. And yeah, it's really cool to see it just kind of blossoming all over. Totally, totally. Um, So I don't want to keep this too long. So I'm going to just ask a couple more questions. Um, So I think that parenting is something that's quite important obviously is how you're brought up it definitely influences your work ethic and other things but how would you say it affects somebody within the music industry um that's a great question I mean everybody has a different story and everybody Mm. lives different lives you know so there's really no like specific answer to that question um you know and of course, of course. And it, it all just kind of depends on the person you are you could have the worst upbringing and you could let that affect you and you could be sad about it or you could turn that into positive energy and you could say you know I don't want to have to feel this way anymore so I'm going to work really hard to to get out of it so pretty sure Eminem really just... had that kind of struggle he faced a lot of adversity and he overcame it right um, and then you have people though that you see that grow up with so much money their parents gave them everything you know and and they grow up to be people that don't necessarily have a passion or a drive because they never really had to work for it so you know you can become the own version of yourself that you want um it just really depends on how you react to the situations that are given to you so you know as long as you if you believe in yourself and and you there's something you want to be doing and you know, you can make it happen. Mm, But if mm. if you're going to use how you grew up as an excuse or a crutch as why you can't do something, then you will never be able to do that because you believe you cannot do it. Of course. 
And, you know, like there there are different people have different privileges. And I do understand that people grow up on different playing fields. It is harder for other people. But, you know, at the end of the day, like you you can make it out of any situation that you you found yourself in. You know, you just have to believe in yourself and give yourself the time to see it through. You can't have an unrealistic expectation of what success looks like and how fast it comes to you. Yeah, I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk, he's someone who I admire so much. Like, I watch his content religiously. Um, And he always says that greatness comes from adversity because you're hungry, you're wanting to put in the work, you're wanting to be successful and get out of your situation. Whilst if you are born into a lifestyle of money, comfort, and that type of thing, then you're not very hungry because you already have what you want, what you need. And so I certainly think that if you do have a, I'm trying to think of the right word, lower class background, um, I don't know how else to say it, then I think you would sometimes have a very good chance of becoming successful due to the adversity you faced in your earlier years. I totally agree. I think that adversity definitely makes people work harder, you know, because mm, they mm. realize what struggle is and and you either get defeated by it or you're like, I need out of it, you know? Yeah. And so the only way out is to work through it sometimes, especially when you don't have someone there as a safety net, you know, if you don't have that family member that, you know, if you get yourself in a problem, you can call them up or, if mm. you, you know, not everybody has that. So, um, yeah, totally. honestly helps shape you as a person for sure totally um so i'm gonna wrap this up now um we're gonna give one last piece of practical advice (laughs) obviously you used to be a pr manager i guess you could call yourself um Mm -hmm. what advice do you have for pr managers or even artists wanting to submit their music to blogs effectively and to get good results from it Um, that's very interesting. I mean, if you are going to be submitting your music to blogs, um, and you're going to be cold emailing people, I'd say try and be, you know, try and be relatable, try and be funny, keep it short, but also identify the fact that you, you know, who this person is, bring up an article they might've written or, you know, do this or that. And, and, you know, don't do it through social media, Mm. do it through an email if you can find it or, if you're going to ask someone on social media, you could just be like, I'd love to, I don't, you know, social media is not necessarily the best way, but if you have to try and get it that way, you can try that way. Um, I would say, but I would also say that I think that blogs are kind of on the decline and that it's not necessarily the way you get exposure I agree. anymore. Um, I agree. I'd say that, you know, three years ago, a post from XYZ or whatever, you know, blog would have gotten you some good exposure <coughs> and some eyes on it, but idiom.com right so so now it's it's kind of weird because people aren't necessarily taking the time to sit down and read through things especially like little track reviews i can't even be bothered to read my own yeah exactly it's because because people now have spotify and they feel like they themselves are now the discoverers of this new music and that's what people want is to feel like they are discovering it so spotify has all these algorithms and things so people are finding music 
through different ways now. So blogs are great for, you know, like tour visas or for Instagram verifications or for, you know, Spotify does look at some blogs and if people are talking about you, Mm, mm. but I don't think it's the end all be all. And if you have a budget to put towards something, I wouldn't tell you to put it towards blogs until you're at the right caliber to where it's going to be received well by the people that you want it to be received by. Uh, Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. It's just kind of one of those things. I think music and especially the music industry is always changing and it's changed drastically in just like the last couple of years. So, um, you know, just staying up on trends and, and being aware of, you know, how you're spending your money and really what your best investment is. Totally, so I'd say, totally. like, you know, no, don't spend money on the SoundCloud repos. Don't spend Stay money away on from like that. <laughs> crazy, you know, just specifically blog PR, if they offer like a wide range of, you know, pitching or YouTube plugging or things like this, you know, make sure you're getting Mm -hmm. the best, the best things for your money. And at the end of the day, you know, like you can, you can be reaching out to people yourself and, um, yeah, you know, it just all depends on how hard you really want to work for it and, and how much you're really going to do for, for this goal you're trying to accomplish. There you go. Well, Thank you very much for talking. I appreciate it. Um, obviously, we're at about an hour now. Yeah, an hour. Yeah. Um, I think that will be enough. But yeah, thank you. I'd so hope much. so. Yeah, I mean, I certainly think so. A lot. I mean, I've had so much good feedback on this already. So <laughs> I definitely want to make the episodes a lot longer than what they have been because they've been pretty short. They've been like ten, fifteen minutes. Um, but I think it's a lot more easier to go in depth when it's like an hour, an hour and a half, whatever. Definitely. Um, definitely, yeah. So thank you very much for talking and let's talk soon. Of course. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, pass it on to a friend. I'm trying to get the New Zealand Prime Minister on as a guest someday. So Jacinda, let's make it happen.